There's Christian. Here's Jimmer. Welcome back to Two Physical Therapists and a Bag of Chips. Today we're going to do part two of our hamstring. We're going to be talking specifically about the proximal hamstring area and we will review the Joe Chip Classic Sea Salt. Retro potato chips. Yeah. It's a cool truck. It's a cool truck. I always wanted a truck like that. I don't know why. Just looks good. Probably hard to maintain. Probably. So proximal hamstring, that means closest to the buttocks. That's correct. So a lot of people come in and uh, have butt pain. <laughs> a real pain in their butt. That's right. Yeah. And uh, the hamstring is going to insert in what's called the ischial tuberosity, also known as the sits bone. So when you uh, sit on a bicycle seat, that's the bone that's on the bike seat, or if you... Uh, just kind of put your hand into the crease of your buttock. That's the bone you'll feel right there. It's um, very well known to people who do Pilates. Yeah. Sits yeah. bone. Yeah. It's, uh, and that area can be very uncomfortable if you have an issue with your hamstring. So you can have a proximal hamstring tendonitis. You can have an avulsion injury, which we'll get into in a second. Uh, you can also have long-standing tendonitis, which then becomes a tendinosis, which is really rather problematic because it just chronically is uncomfortable. Yeah. Or you can have bursitis. Or bursitis, sure. Bursitis everywhere. Yeah, absolutely. Anywhere there's a bursa, which is, of course, a fluid-filled sac that helps disperse. Yeah, it's like a water balloon, but then flat. Yeah. And it can become a real water balloon if you irritate it. We discussed it a few weeks ago. Yeah, that's no good. Yeah. That's not good. Yeah. Not good at all. But we've been seeing more and more of these lately, and I can't think of exactly why we've been seeing more of them. I did come across an interesting article that said uh, people within the medical community are more likely to get this than any other people. And they couldn't come up with a good reason why. Maybe because they stand all day? Maybe. They had a... Uh, 20% of people in this study that had proximal hamstring issues were either medical doctors or physical therapists. Hmm. Standing all day, leaning over? Yeah. But, I mean, the mechanism of injury is, is very similar to any hamstring injury. It's, it tends to be that uh, forced hip flexion with knee flexion at the same time. You see that in sports and slips and falls. Slips and falls. That's a big one. That would be a great TV program. Just like America's next top slip and fall. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. But also what's becoming uh, apparent now is that they're seeing more avulsion injuries. So an avulsion injury is where a chunk of the bone comes off with the tendon. So in this particular case, the actual tendon itself is, is intact, but the insertion on the bone is no longer whole. Yes, yeah. avulsion usually pretty common in um, ankle fractures, where the ligament pulls a piece of the bone off. But I haven't seen any of these uh, avulsion fractures of the ischial tuberosity. And they're 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 becoming more prevalent because they're doing more MRIs on individuals, and they're finding this more often. The dreaded MRI. Yeah. And so what they're also finding is, is that surgically versus non-surgically. The outcomes are, are very, very similar, which is probably a, a good thing. But in a few cases, a small percentage of cases, they do have to go in and surgically correct that avulsion. 
which is that would be painful. Uh, we I've never seen one or actually even heard of one outside of just research. Yeah, I don't, I don't know anyone who's treated seen proximal some, hamstring avulsion repair. Seen some mm -hmm. hip flexor avulsions. Sure. In girls soccer yeah, players, soccer. a couple of those, but no, I, I have not seen them either. No, so it's uh, this is an area that potentially we can start to see more future surgical intervention for, perhaps. Hmm. But most problematic is that we'll see is that chronic tendinosis issue. So the long-standing tendinitis that just never seems to get better. Every time it feels a little better, someone goes out and does a sport again or does some activity that irritates it or unfortunately slips and falls or something to keep that tendonitis going for a long period of time. In those particular cases, we generally see lower extremity loading issues. So I don't know how best to say that. Well, but yeah, classic lower quadrant muscle imbalances. I mean, we used to refer to those as Z imbalances where you have weakness in the front, tightness in the back. And we've discussed this in the past where both Christian and I are not firm believers in the chronic hamstring tightness, but hamstring hypertonicity and lower quadrant muscle imbalances can definitely um, result in excessive loading of the proximal hamstring tendon. In those cases, we'll always work on hip strength as a huge one, so glute med, glute max, and then working on uh, reducing the amount of quad dominance individuals tend to show in those cases. So a lot of reliance on their quads to stabilize and and the hamstring will, will tend to always kick on to try to help stabilize as well, especially once somebody becomes more fatigued, which you'll see in a, in a sport type setting versus a slip and fall setting. One of the things that is pretty common with those is we call the movement hip excursion, meaning being able to properly load your hips without engaging um, your lower back, which is more of an eccentric load of the hamstring. And, and if you can master that, you can significantly decrease the amount of tension and load in the hamstring just by, like Christian said, engaging your glutes and your, your hip stabilizers a little bit better, but also engaging your core. So you know, instead of rounding your back, maintaining a neutral spine while you're engaging your hip muscles um, will, will improve the balance between your lower extremity muscles instead of only relying on one or the other. And that's generally pretty hard to do on your own because you can't feel what you're doing so it, it it's definitely beneficial to have someone take a look at that for you or come in and, and see your local physical therapist to really help you relearn those those movements and, and really what finding a, a neutral position means again it's, it's a similar problem with the pelvic tilt right everybody thinks they know how to do a pelvic tilt nobody knows how to do it right and so you, you kind of need either a Pilates instructor or somebody to kind of guide you through that and, and feel what it feels like. So it's one thing to see it, but it's another one to feel it. And especially with hip excursion, there are very few people that can do that properly without help. So like Christian hinted at, um, that, that's something that anyone can benefit from. Anyone who has the quote-unquote tight hamstring syndrome or patellar tendonitis or IT band irritation or proximal hamstring irritation, these are all indications that mechanically your lower quadrant is not moving optimally. And so one of the ways to start by correcting that is, is to get a better feel for what does it feel like when I load my hip properly. Eccentric control is very important always with the hamstrings just because of our tendency to use them in that manner 
more frequently. And what they're finding as well is if you have this avulsion injury, doing eccentric exercises is not going to make that feel any better. And so that's sort of a differential diagnosis for ruling in or out an avulsion versus a tendonitis or or some other issue where the, the tendon itself is, is the problem and not the, the bone at that point. So that's useful information. Absolutely. Generally speaking, if, if you have that sharp pain in your buttocks, it's probably a good idea to, to have someone look at it before it gets out of hand because they tend to compound. And most individuals are like, oh, it'll go away. And then a, you know, a few days or a few weeks later, they feel fine, go back, irritate it, and they just go through that same cycle over and over for, for a long enough period of time that by the time they get in to see their doctor or they talk to their therapist about it, they are, are now in a position where they have to really back off their, their chosen activity level to, to try to recover from it, and that can be very difficult. And that statement is true for anything, right? Um, we've touched on this in the past. If you have something that does not feel right, either because of training or because of workout activity or what have you, um, if it doesn't feel right, go have somebody check it out. Because it's better to check it out and have that particular person, in most cases, your trusted physical therapist, who is one of the better diagnosticians, but have them say, yeah, it's no big deal. Just, just you know, work through it. But the worst thing you can do is continue to work out with that, like Christian said, and then um, turn it into a bigger issue. So anytime you have something going on in your body that doesn't feel quite right and you're the ultimate expert in what your body should feel like, pop in. Give us a call. Send us an email. Write us a text. Yeah. Use your Twitter. Go to the Instagram. Yeah, whatever have you. But, you know, contact your physical therapist and, and see if they can take a quick peek at it. Yeah. And we do a uh, you know, 20-minute free consult, so no money out of your pocket, just some some peace of mind. Just yeah. some information. Absolutely. That's all we need. Yep. I think we're on to trivia time. Woohoo! The uh, the trunk of the elephant. Yes. So, how many muscles are there in an elephant's trunk? That was that was a crazy question. Most people weren't even close, including myself. Uh, it's, I mean, it's forty thousand. It's it doesn't feel like a real number. That sounds like a lot. Yeah. Then again, when I was thinking about it, you see you see elephants pulling huge trees out of the ground with their trunk, and then you see them picking up and manipulating a peanut. Right. So, so there's a lot going on there. Yeah. yeah. So that, that, it makes sense when you look at it that way. Yeah. I mean, for comparison, the human body has about 650 muscles, so... Yeah. And um, Hecky's trunk has about 12 muscles. Yeah. Well done, Hecky. Good job this week. Got the answer correct. A lot of good attempts out there. I didn't know the answer until I looked it so up. So you, you peeked at it? Yeah. Yep. New question this week. Who was the only bachelor president of the United States? For reals. And if you want a bonus points, um, tell us who his first lady was. Yeah. Or even just for a relationship. Yeah. How do you get a first lady if you're not married? You appoint one, apparently. Is that really it? Uh, you're going to be the first lady. Is it an appointment? I, I guess, I guess you nominate? can. Did you uh, nominate? Nominate it. Do you think they have to go through a vetting process? That's a hard word. It's like anemone. Mini, mini. Nominate, nominate it. Nominate. Maybe it's just me. It could just be you. Can we do chips now? Because I've been staring at yeah. these for like the last 12 minutes. All right, we're into chip time here. So we've got the Joe's Chips Classic Sea Salt Retro Potato Chip. 
Did you know that sea salt has 40% less sodium than regular salt? That's good to know, actually. I did not know that. I just made it up. I just up. thought they were larger grains. Yeah, I just made it up. Oh. It sounded good. Wow. Now, now I'm sort of disappointed. Uh, chip tear ratio on this bag, 40%. These are really small, dense chips, so they really pack down pretty hard into the bottom. A lot of foldies. I mean, there's a lot of yeah, color on tiny. these guys. The and edges they are have, a little um, colorful. And they have, uh, this particular one is probably more potato peel than anything else. They are crunchy. Good foldy to start. Yeah, good crunch. You know, they're, um, they're salty. Not overly salty. This is a just a classic potato chip. Um, and these would probably go really well with sandwiches. Yeah. I could munch on the back of these. There's nothing yeah. special about them, but it is really well done. The only thing crunchy. I'd say is they're maybe a little more oily than... That's how you get the salt to stick. Than something else. But um, Not in a bad yeah. way. I'd eat these. Yeah. I'm going to go one thumb up. I'm also going one thumb. Very edible potato yeah. chip. Nothing special. Well done. From a quality standpoint, they're crunchy. They're they're not too mealy like some of the like, the thinner ones that we've had. Even no, though these potato. are not super. You know, they're not like kettle chips. But um, no, we like them. Well done. Go get you a bag. I think they are kettle, aren't they? Thanks for listening. There's more. There's more stuff, right? Yeah. There's probably more. I'm too soon. Too yeah. early. Too quick. Uh, next week we're going to go over uh, pelvic fractures, specifically the pelvic ring fracture. Uh, we are going to review the Yummies Zambos Salsa Verde, compliments of Kim. I'm sorry, eating. No, eat away. Eat yeah. away. If you liked today's show, please tell your friends, follow, review, subscribe. If you are looking for more information about this topic, follow us on Instagram and Twitter throughout the week. If you have a pain in the butt, come see your local physical therapist or send your pain in the butt to your local physical therapist. That works too. Uh, for more information on Rebound Therapy, that's uh, reboundclinic.com. That's our place. So, that's us. Yeah. Yeah. Come, come see us. We have lots of Christmas cookies right now. Oh, so so many. It's insane. Come by and help yourself. Well, he's Jimmer and I'm Christian. Thank you for listening.